groups and destroying marriages and destroying health and getting people addicted to sin and addicted to things that are destructive to their bodies. This is a force in the world that would cause someone to abuse another person, either mentally, emotionally, or sexually. This force of evil in the world is trying to dominate. But Jesus said, though the thief cometh to steal and kill and destroy, there's another force in this world. And Jesus said, I represent this force that has come to produce life and life more abundantly. The thief is referred to many different ways in the word of God. The thief is referred to as Satan, the devil, Lucifer, Beelzebub, and the list could go on and on of ways in the word of God that Satan or the thief is referred to, the liar. Now if I could give you a little example from pop culture when I was a young person, it would be from Star Wars. Anybody remember Star Wars? Star Wars, you had the Force. May the Force be with you. Which was a not very cleverly veiled reference to our statement of may God be with you. But there was in the Force also the dark side of the Force that had some power. And its purpose was destructive. And there was the dark side, and then there was the right side of the force. This is just to illustrate uh, that in our world today, if you look around, you see good happening and you see evil happening. You see people influenced by good forces and you see people influenced by evil forces. Today on the dark side of the force, if you would, is Satan whose role is to steal, kill, and to destroy. To inspire rebellion against God's authority. To try to convince people that disobeying God's law and walking contrary to God's law will not hurt you. In fact, it will bring joy, pleasure, fulfillment to your life. The word sin simply means rebellion against God's authority. That's what sin is. It means when God says to do this or God's word says to do this, sin is the part of the human being that says, no, I want to do what I want to do. So it can be either direct rejection of God's authority or it can be just ignoring God's authority. But sin is what happens when somebody does what they want to do instead of what God's word commands us to do. And I found that uh, in our world today, people think that being respectful of Jesus uh, or being respectful of Christianity or being willing to confess that you love Jesus or that you are a Christian is equivalent to, to being saved. But I want to tell you that you can respect Jesus, you can respect Christianity, and still be a sinner. All you have to do is do what you want to do and not look into what the Word of God has to say about how your life ought to to be conducted because Jesus said if you're going to be my disciple if you're going to follow me you've got to keep my commandments and I hear statements about oh his heart's in the right place he's got a good heart the reality is the Bible says that the heart is deceitful 
They don't have a good heart. Ain't none of us got a good heart until the Holy Spirit puts a new heart within us. So the reality is that we've got to follow Jesus and we've got to keep his commandments because when we disobey God, when we fall into sin, we find ourselves subject to a cruel taskmaster. Sin promises one thing, but it doesn't deliver on what it promises. Sin promises happiness. Sin promises Uh, 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 many things in this world but it does not deliver amen amen when a person is trapped in sin trapped in habits alcoholism addiction to nicotine addiction to chemicals addiction to narcotics becoming involved in sexual activity it promises pleasure it promises fulfillment it promises love amen But the reality is that sexual activity cannot fulfill on its promises. And all of these areas of sin that we see rampant, that manifest themselves sometimes in abuse, uh, physical, emotional, mental, and sexual, produce brokenness uh, and hurt in this world. I want to tell you that when you're living the way that you want to live, and when you're outside of God's plan, sin brings guilt and depression and emptiness and uh, addiction and disease, and it leaves people broken and depressed and disillusioned and sick and in pain and sometimes suicidal and most of all they are empty because there is pleasure in sin but it's for a season and I know some people that have lived in this world long enough to know that when you follow your desires and when you follow the lust of the flesh it's fun for a little bit it may bring a little pleasure for a season but you sit in your bed with regret. You soak your pillow with tears of regret. You look at the hurt that it's brought in your life and the hurt that you've wrought in other people's lives. And if you do the math, you realize that sin does not fulfill on his promises, but sin wrecks havoc in people's lives. It wrecks havoc in people's family. And I heard it preached before that sin and disobedience to God will take you further than you ever intended to go. I don't know of anybody that ever grew up and said, I want to grow up and be an alcoholic. I want to grow up and I want to destroy my liver. I want to die early. I want to get four DUIs and lose my liberty. Nobody ever grew up and said, I want to be a junkie. I want to ignore my kids. Uh, I want to just uh, live my life in some crack house uh, and uh, where my kids are struggling to survive and they grow up with all the wounds and the hurt. Nobody ever grew up and said, when I grow up, I'm going to abuse my children or I'm going to take advantage of them sexually. Nobody ever grew up with that kind of a mindset, but sin will take you further than you ever intended to go. I've seen it in people that I love. I've seen it in people that have a good heart. I've seen it in people that I respect that sin drags you down a path that you do not want to go and produces hurt and brokenness and destruction wherever it goes. That's because the enemy and the thief came to kill and to steal and to destroy. He's a liar. Hallelujah. But I'm so glad 
that Jesus came to bring life and to bring life more abundantly. And this message today is a message of hope that no matter what the devil has drug you through and no matter what havoc sin has made in your life, there is a healer in the house and he's come to heal from all manner of diseases, all manner of brokenness, and all manner of hurt. Will thou be made whole? The word being made whole has to do with taking something that's broken and putting it back together again. Pulling the pieces that have been shattered and making it again. If you could just imagine a vase that's been dropped on the ground and crushed into pieces. This is brokenness. Being made whole is having it put back together impeccably so you can't even see the cracks in the vessel. The Bible says, Jesus asked the question, wilt thou be made whole? Amen. Praise God. Now when, let me just go back here. When Satan, the enemy, inspired Adam and Eve to rebel against God's authority in the Garden of Eden with promises of grandeur, they opened up Pandora's box of pain and suffering. Am I telling you the truth today? I believe that when they disobeyed, pathogens were released into the atmosphere that bring disease and sickness, that bring problems. And all the suffering in the world is a product of the fall of Adam and Eve and their rebellion against God's authority in the garden. Sin and sicknesses are twin sources of suffering. And these are what produce all the pain in the world. Sin and sickness, disease and pain that brings suffering into the human family. you got to be a pretty bad person to enjoy watching someone suffer. you got to be a pretty deviant person to enjoy watching someone suffer. Like they referred to this man, uh, Ariel Castro, as a monster, or we've heard Adolf Hitler referred to before as a monster who took pleasure in other people's suffering. But all the suffering in the world that even tugs at our heart is a product of the fall of man in the garden. Sickness is a product of the original sin. Some people say, well, am I sick because of a sin that I've committed? Probably not. Probably not, but sickness is a result of the original sin. In John chapter 9, verse 1, this is a proof text for what I have to say. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So Jesus and his disciples are walking along, and they see a man who was born blind. They said, hey, this guy didn't get blind at 12 years old or 15 or in his 20s. He was born blind. So who sinned that this man was blind? How could it have been his sin because he wasn't even born yet? Was it his parents' sin that's passed along to him? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents. 
But this happened so that the glory of God could be manifest in his life. I just want to say this right now. You may have some stuff that's going on in your life right now, and you're wondering why it's going on. Could it be that God wants to give you a testimony over these next 40 days of his deliverance and his power and his healing? Somebody needs to believe that right now, that things are about to change in your situation, that things are about to turn around in your situation. The main point being, Sin is the origin of all sickness, but not necessarily you are sick today because of something you did, but the original sin of Adam and Eve brought suffering and pain and sin and sickness into humanity. That's why the covenant people in the Old Testament, the type of the church, experienced the healing of God among them. Now, I want to skip forward because I, for the sake of time, I want to get here to the meat of this word before we let, step back and let God do what he wants to do. When Jesus Christ came to the earth, the Bible said he would be called Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. The first covenant name of God was Jehovah Rapha, which means the God that healeth thee. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And here's what Jesus came to do. Everything that Adam messed up for us, Jesus Christ came to fix what Adam destroyed. See, in fact, Jesus is referred to in Scripture as the last Adam. Adam was the first son of God. Jesus Christ was the last uh, 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 begotten, if you would, the only begotten son of God. But Adam was created by God. Jesus Christ is referred to as the last Adam. But he came to get us out of what Adam got us into, to deliver us both from our sin and to deliver us from sickness. Jesus came to bring life and to bring Bring it abundantly. That's why when you read in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you discover that everywhere that Jesus went, there were miracles happening. Blinded eyes being opened. People that had broken or twisted or withered limbs, they were healed and it came back to normal. People that had all manner of diseases and sicknesses were healed. Those that were possessed with evil spirits, those that struggled with madness or mental illness, these were delivered wherever Jesus went. And I want to tell you today that Jesus still does miracles today. Before he went to heaven, he said, greater works than these shall ye do in my name. And the name of Jesus is what gives us authority over sickness, disease, despair, all manner of illness. There is power in the name of Jesus. So after Jesus left and the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter and John were going into the temple. There was a lame man that was there, asked an alms of them. They said, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we do have, give un we give unto you in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man stood up and began to walk and leap going into the temple. Everybody was impressed with this miracle. And they began to laud Peter and John. And they said, we didn't perform this miracle. It was the name of Jesus. 
through faith in the name of Jesus is why you see this man standing before you today. And I want to tell you that even in 2013, the name of Jesus still has power to deliver people from sickness, to deliver people from hurt, and to deliver people from brokenness. You know, it really makes me mad when people say, Jesus Christ, and they use it in vain. That just crawls all over me. Because Jesus is the revealed name of God. The Bible says of this name that neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is power in the name of Jesus to take dominion and authority over your sin and to wash you and cleanse you. When you were baptized in the name of Jesus, your sins were washed away. But the water didn't do it. The name of Jesus did it. Because when you got in the tank, it was regular water. But when we said the name of Jesus, in a sense, it turned into blood that would wash away every one of your sins there is power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and when a spirit filled believer in covenant with Jesus Christ use their lip and their mouth to utter the name that's above every name the name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess when we speak the name of Jesus We heard this this week at conference. When you speak the name of Jesus, the spirit realm comes to a standstill. Every demon cowers. Every angel stands at attention, waiting for instructions. Because when you speak Jesus, you can commission angels. You can bind up evil spirits. You can take authority over issues that are happening in your family. I want to remind you that you have power and authority through the name of Jesus. And when you speak specifically and say, in the name of Jesus, we take dominion and authority over this cancer. And we command it to shrivel up and to die. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority and dominion over this depression and we command it to be lifted off and we command it to be replaced with the garment of praise. Brother Emery described it as shockwaves. The name of Jesus. It's not a magic word, but it's the name that has all authority and power. And he's challenged us to use it and given us the authority to use the name of Jesus. If you knew the power that you had been given rights, he said, in my name he shall cast out devils. In my name, amen, you'll speak with new tongues. In my name you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not uh, your, your display or the way that you do it or, or anything that's dripping through your fingers. It's the name of Jesus Christ uh, appropriated and used by the people of God. When we speak the name of Jesus, uh, sins are washed away. When we speak the name of Jesus, authority and dominion is taken over sickness and pain. Oh, come on, somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Uh, a few months ago, in the month of August, actually, I was in Toronto. I missed a Sunday as a, a church had asked me to come and minister to them. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
and uh, the pastor uh, pastored with his father. He was, his name was Rohan Green. He's from Jamaica, 41 years of age. And they had two precious little girls. One of them was 10, almost 11 years of age. The other was uh, about five or six. And uh, we were in the car one night going back to the hotel. And they said of their oldest daughter, they said she was actually a twin. I said, really? That's a very interesting story. Tell me about it. They said, and, and they began to tell me the story. They said, this young lady... When she was in the womb, she had a twin, and at three months, my wife miscarried and delivered the, the twin stillborn. And so the doctors went in, and they uh, did their observation through ultrasound and so forth, and they said, the other baby in there is dead. And so we want you to do a DNC, which is to remove the tissue, and, uh, and then... Um, uh, you know, this is the wisest thing to do, the healthiest thing to do. And uh, Brother Rohan Green said, no, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And he said the doctor looked him in the face and said, you're stupid because you're going to put your wife's health at risk. We just got an absolute, uh, a- absolute confirmation that this baby is dead. There's no heartbeat. There's no breath. It's just tissue. Let us take it out. He said, we'll just let her pass it naturally. Because, and then he talked to his wife, and they, they discussed what the risks were. He said, we're going to let her pass it naturally. They went to church, and uh, the man of God laid hands on her womb and said, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me right now. For an entire month, she carried a dead baby in her womb. After a month later, she went back. She says, I just started feeling pregnant again. They went back and they did another ultrasound test and they did the ultrasound test and got another confirmation that the baby was dead. And uh, so, but, but the doctor, amen, hey, got a different doctor. They got rid of the doctor that called him stupid. And they got a different doctor, and it was a lady. And she said, if you feel pregnant, I want you to do and eat and do the things that a pregnant lady would do. And a few weeks later, they went back and had another ultrasound test. Uh, and they discovered that there was a heartbeat. Uh, they said they had never ever seen anything like that before they said this baby was dead for a month we don't know if she is going to be born with brain damage we don't know in fact they didn't even know how to calculate the delivery date we've never had a baby that stopped and was dead for an entire month and when she was born she was born perfect she's a brilliant little girl gifted and skilled no problems with her i want to tell you right now that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ and that he is a healer. Two months ago, two months ago, I believe it was in August, I want you to throw up this picture here if you would, Sarah, of this young lady. My friend pastors in North Carolina, he told me day before yesterday that uh, this little six-year-old girl in his church had a serious problem with her hip that was degenerative and it was causing her leg to draw up. They went and they did tests on it. She wasn't able to walk, so they put her into a wheelchair 
And the doctor said this, he, he named the sickness, and I've got it written down, but I don't have it with me, named the sickness that was degenerative and said she was going to have to have surgery and she probably would never walk on this leg. If she did, it would be with a horrible limp. And so they did the tests uh, and they had special prayer for her on Sunday. Amen. And then they took her in her wheelchair on Wednesday and they did another set of tests and the doctor came out and said, uh, this is not the same girl that we did the tests on last week. And he held up the tests and said, these are completely different. He said, the problem that is in this x-ray is not in this x-ray. She doesn't have the problem. We're not going to do the surgery. In fact, she's going to be all right. And that Wednesday night, she walked into the church. Because I want to tell you that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is still a miracle worker today and then these 40 days of healing I want somebody to believe with me right now that we're going to see God do great things God's glory is going to be manifest people's lives are going to be changed <coughs> there's a supernatural unleashing amen this summer in Fort Wayne Indiana brother Lane was preaching there Brother Lane is going to be with us on November the 17th for our healing crusade. Brother Lane has seen a number of miracles take place. And there in Fort Wayne, they had special prayer when Brother Lane was there for a lady who was getting ready to have a surgery on her back because of a degenerative disc in her back. She was ready for surgery, and they had prayer in the name of Jesus. So she went in for her surgery, and they were prepping her for the surgery. And they did one final x-ray before they went in to the surgery and the doctor came out he was befuddled he was uh, uh, surprised and trying to figure out he said who who did you have do your disc surgery and she said I, I, I didn't have disc surgery he said, can you explain to me then why there is a completely new vertebrae right in your back? They have the tests. They have the x-rays. And I want to tell you that this is not 2,000 years ago. And this is not somewhere over in Africa. This is happening all around us right now. And I wonder if there's some people that are in the house right now that believe that God is still a miracle worker. That there's still power and authority in the name of Jesus. If there's people that will believe in the supernatural power of God. Hallelujah. 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 The one story from the Word of God that I want to close by talking about is the story that we read at the beginning the man at the pool of Bethesda. He had had the same sickness made it impossible for him to get around and walk for 38 years. That's almost my entire lifetime. In fact, when Jesus was there to minister to him, this man had been sick before Jesus was even born. Jesus was in his early 30s. When Jesus recognized that he had been so long in this state he asked the question Jesus said wilt thou be made whole as I said earlier that seems like a silly question sometimes we ask our kids silly questions anybody asked your, your child do you want a spanking 
I've been guilty of that. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's a silly question. Well, it seems like a silly question that a man sitting by a pool, sick for 38 years, unable to walk, that Jesus would have to ask him, wilt thou be made whole? This is an important question. This is a question for you during these 40 days of healing because we're not just talking about physical healing. We're talking about being made whole and put back together something that was broken being put back together. And when you read the Gospels, this phraseology appears over and over and over again. Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? We think, of course this man wants to be made whole. Who wouldn't want to be healed? Why did Jesus ask the question? The Bible says it was because Jesus knew that he had been this way for a long time. Because sometimes brokenness can become a part of our identity. Sometimes the wounds and the hurts of our past, we've been holding on to them for so long that they've become part of our identity. And Jesus was saying, you've got a choice to make. You have got to choose healing over hurt. Jesus was saying, you also got to admit that you need healing. The question is, wilt thou be made whole? Think about this. This man had been there for 38 years. So his brokenness, his hurt, had determined where he lived for 38 years. It had determined what he did with all his spare time. It determined who his friends and his acquaintances were. It determined where he hung out. His brokenness was his life for 38 years. And he was now familiar with it. By now it seemed normal. By now it was his comfort zone. And Jesus asked, do you really want to be made whole? The reason Jesus wants to know for those that have issues in their life, if they want to be whole, is because there's been people that have been there a long time. And after you've been there a long time, it's so much a part of who you are that you can hardly even imagine anything that's different. Uh, another reason why people maybe can't imagine being made whole is because the brokenness is not just theirs for a long time, but it's been passed from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. I'm talking about the young lady who walks along the wrong side of the tracks. I'm talking about the young lady who sells drugs and sells her body for what little bit of money she has. I'm talking about this young lady who's doing exactly what her mom did and exactly what her grandmother did. And the little baby that she's carrying in her arms, she's going to teach her how to do it. The Bible talks of a generational curse. And some people don't know what it means to be made whole because there's something so ingrained into who they are. I'm talking about the 14 year old boy who's drunk in his dad's backyard. His grandpa died because of a drunk driving accident. His dad has liver disease and is in the hospital and it seems only natural that this is his lot in life. But Jesus steps into people's brokenness whether it's their life for a long time or whether it's generation after generation after generation. I'm an abuser because my dad was in a 
abuser and my grandpa was an abuser. Jesus says, wilt thou be made whole? Is there something in your spirit that says, I don't have to be this way? I saw this the other day and it gripped my spirit. The question you've got to ask is the pull of my future stronger than the pull of my past? Because there are so many people that never step into their destiny because their past has them wrapped up. Whether it's what's happened in their life or what they've seen their parents do or what's come down two or three generations. Their past. Maybe it's their own failures. Maybe it's abuse that happened to them. Maybe it's hurt and brokenness that's in their life. Amen. You know, when you look at a tree, you can see the rings as you cut through a tree. And the rings represent things that happened one, one uh, annual time of growth after another. You can see the years of drought. You can see the years of plenty. You can see the wound that happened when lightning struck the tree. You can see all of the wounds even though you can't see it from the outside. And there's people here today that everything looks good on the outside but there may be wounds uh, that came against you in your life. Uh, There are people that suffer from low self-esteem because of things that their parents said to them or things that other people said to them when they were young people and it creates hurt and brokenness. There are people that are abused and they've never even told anybody and it's affecting every day of their life because there's hurt and there's brokenness in them. But Jesus didn't just say I want to fix your broken limbs and he didn't just say I want you to look better on the outside but he said I want to make you whole and I believe today that if you have brokenness anywhere in your life some people are hurt because dad walked out on Some people are hurt because a marriage went sour. Some people have wounds in their life that begin to control their life. But Jesus has the power, the same power that we were shouting about that can take and put a vertebrae in a broken back is the same power that can take the hurt of generations or the hurt of years of abuse that can take this hurt and bring healing to the entire person. But the question is, wilt thou be made whole? Are you interested in continuing with the hurt or hiding it from everybody? Or is there something in you that says, I want during these 40 days of healing to be made whole? Can you walk away from generations of brokenness? Can you abandon your dad's values of abuse and rejection? Wilt thou be made whole? God came to do it. Are you willing to be made whole because when you're made whole you're stepping into strange new territory maybe you just want to say take away the pain medicate it with the holy ghost holy ghost is a comforter put a band-aid on the pain but 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 i but i don't want to deal with this i want to stay where i am and stay who i am to, to the one crippled by past hurts, Jesus is asking today, do you want to be healed? To the one chained by secret sin, Jesus is asking today, do you want to be loosed? To the one battling addiction in the house today, Jesus is asking, do you want to overcome? To the one who has not yet received what God has for them, the Word of God says, do you want to be saved and filled? To all of those who need his healing touch in any part of your life, he is asking, wilt thou be made whole being made whole is a total transformation this man left the pool and went to the temple and Jesus said unto him 
You've been made whole. Don't sin anymore. He's saying, I've healed you completely. Don't go back to the old life. Don't go back to the old habits that produce the brokenness. You've been made whole. Walk in newness of life. In fact, the scripture says if you go back, you'll be in a worse state than before. I've seen it happen to people. God extends his mercy. God heals. God touches. And they go back to what they've been delivered from. Don't mess with God's mercy. It'll be worse than before. Amen. If God has delivered you, walk away from sexual promiscuity. If God has delivered you, walk away from addictions. If God has delivered you, walk away from that old lifestyle. If God has delivered you, some of you need to walk away from some old friends and some old relationships. You can't. You cannot be made whole if you want to continue in fellowship with the broken. You're going to have to get up and leave Bethesda. I want to mention also that there's a difference between being touched and being made whole. Some people point back to an experience in their life and they say, well, I got the Holy Ghost here. Or God delivered me from this addiction here. And they think that this is the end game. But there's a difference between being touched and being made whole. There are people that come to church faithfully. There are people that are saved. They're washed in the blood of Jesus and they have the Holy Spirit, but they're still dealing with brokenness. And Jesus is saying today, I want to make you whole. Let me read you this little uh, passage here, and I'm, I promise I'm coming to a close. He cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Jesus touched him. He said, do you see? He said, I do. But as I look, it doesn't even look like men. It just looks like trees walking around. In other words, I, it's very unclear. I couldn't see it all before, but now I can see, thank God. But I see men as trees walking. But I want you to notice what happened then. Verse 25, after that, he put his hands upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. There is a difference between being touched and being made whole. And during these 40 days of healing, there are those of you that are a part of this church. You're here because the Lord touched you. And you have a testimony because the Lord touched you. But I want to tell you that the Lord wants to make you whole. There are those that, have, that are here. You've been touched by God, but there is still brokenness in your marriage. There are those of you that are here. You've been touched by God, but you still have issues in your life uh, that have not yet been healed. I'm challenging you today to not assume that God's done everything for you that he wants, you to, that he wants to do for you. Amen. The Apostle Paul said, Amen. I don't count myself to have attained, but I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm not finished yet. I'm not done yet. God's not done in me yet. Amen. Don't just sit back and say, just because I've been touched... I'm finished, but I believe that the same Lord that touched me the first time can make me whole. Ten lepers came to Jesus. The Bible said Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest. And as they went, the Bible says they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. They were cleansed. But there was one 
But when he recognized that he was cleansed of the plague, ran back to Jesus, ran back to Jesus, and there he fell at Jesus' feet and he worshipped him. Jesus said, were there not ten that were cleansed? Where are the nine? And then he said to that man, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I'm talking to someone here today that you've experienced that touch from God and you have a testimony about it. Uh, but the Lord Jesus during 40 days wants to touch you again. And the second touch is to make you whole and complete and to do the work that he desires to do in you. This week I heard the ministry of a lady named Vicki Gonzalez. Her husband is named Rick Gonzalez. And they plant, planted a church in Chicago. And now they planted several daughter works in Chicago in the rough parts of town. He was a former cop, police officer there. And Vicki Gonzalez is a powerful lady of God. All she had to do was open her mouth and start speaking and the spirit just whoosh, moved into the room. Very powerful. And she said that uh, as, as she was sitting there, she actually spoke during one of the nights of the conference and then there was in a session that I was sitting in that uh, she and her husband and another couple were talking about how to reach major metro areas with the gospel. And uh, she began to talk that she was raised in church. She was raised in the home of a minister. And while she was a young lady, she was sexually abused by one of the people in the church that was supposed to be in spiritual authority for several years. Nonetheless, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Nonetheless, she married a man who became a minister. Nonetheless, she went to start working for God she said she was dreadfully shy and she refused to do any ministry because she was convinced that what had happened was her fault and she was a bad person because of it. This is somebody who had the Holy Ghost, somebody who was a minister's wife, a pastor's wife, who had been in church for many years. And she said one time, God got a hold of her and began to speak to her spirit and to bring healing to her when she was in her late 20s. And God transformed her from that moment. And from that moment, she began to work for God. This lady goes down to the worst parts of town and teaches Bible study to gang members in the projects by herself without any fear. And the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon her. And it's not just because she got the Holy Ghost, uh, but after she got the Holy Ghost, uh, she said she submitted to God's will to make her whole. And I want to tell you right now that God's purpose in ministry in your life, what God wants to do through you, is going to require you to submit to another touch from God. And during these 40 days, the question is going out, Wilt thou be made whole? I don't know your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're dealing with. 
Some of you are dealing with habits and addictions that we don't even know about. Everything looks good on the outside. But it's a product maybe of hurt or something that happened in your past. But the Lord Jesus Christ during these 40 days has given me a promise that not only is he going to heal people from the outside and not only is he going to heal of physical diseases, but during these next 40 days there are healings that are going to happen on the inside that's going to go beyond being cleansed, going to go beyond being saved. It's going to go into the arena of people being made whole of things that they've been carrying for years and years and years and years. My God, have mercy. I want us to stand together right now in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want to do right now, before we leave here, I'm going to open this altar up for just a few moments. And I'm not just going to open this altar up for just everybody. But I specifically want somebody to take a journey down the aisle today. Somebody who the Lord has touched your life. The Lord has forgiven you and you know it. You've been cleansed. You've been cleansed. That the Holy Spirit is in your life perhaps. Perhaps you've already been baptized in Jesus' name. Perhaps God's already done miracles in your life. But because of something that happened maybe years ago or maybe something just recently that took place that has caused something to fester in your spirit. That you need God to make you whole. I'm not talking to the ten, to the other nine. I'm talking to the one that says, I know I've been cleansed. But I want everything that God has for me. It's easy to walk up because you see men as trees walking and you never even saw anything before. And say, thank you Jesus for what you've done. But Jesus says, can you see? Would you be made whole? And the question today is for someone in this place as the musicians come and as we begin to uh, enter into this time of prayer, is there anybody here? I don't know what it is that happened in your life. Maybe it was a divorce that you went through. Maybe it was something that happened in your parents' life. Maybe it was something that happened when you were a child. But there is some brokenness in you and you need healing. Everything looks great from the outside, but on the inside, there is something in you that says, yes, Lord. I will be made whole. We already have those that are making a walk down the aisle right now. Is there anybody else? It says during these 40 days, I want another touch from God, a touch that brings internal healing, a touch that releases everything in me, a touch that brings hope to my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord. That's it, come forward right now. prayer partners to come and gather in front of these right now that have come forward for special prayer. Oh, 
If there's anybody else that wants to come and help us pray with these right now, I want you to come and, and stand behind. If there's anybody that needs a touch of physical healing in their body, come forward as well. Come stand up here as well. Because we're going to pray and healing is going to happen because we're going to speak it in the name of Jesus. We get really excited if somebody gets up out of a wheelchair, and rightly so. We get real excited, we get a report from the doctor that the cancer has disappeared, and rightly so. But what's getting ready to happen in this place is every bit as dramatic and powerful and requires every bit as much authority in the name of Jesus. So if you need healing today, right now, if you want to be made every whit whole, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to talk to the Lord Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I feel the pull of my future. I feel the pull of my destiny. I feel the pull of your anointing and your call on my life. And I'm asking in the precious name of Jesus that you would reach down inside to that part of me that's been hurt for a long, long time heart that crops up from moment to moment and I pray in Jesus precious name right now that you would heal me come on ask him right now because I'm getting ready to pray the prayer of faith and I'm getting ready to speak and take dominion and authority over hurt deep hurts right now Heavenly Father right now we are gathered in a host of individuals who've taken a step of faith and said I will be made whole so I speak the name that has all authority. I speak for healing. I speak for restoration. I speak for transformation. And I speak healing right now in the name Jesus. In the name Jesus. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Let the healing begin to flow right now. Hallelujah. You hold my every moment. You hold my raging sea. You walk with me through the fire. You I'll trust in you and I'll trust in you and I believe you're my healer and I believe you I believe you're my portion. I believe. 
Hallelujah. Wherever you are right now, just lift up your hands right now and receive what God has for you. Jesus, I'm ready to receive right now. In faith, receive. Receive ye right now. Healing, a second touch, renewal, restoring. In the name of Jesus. healing being poured out right now. Let the gift of the Spirit flow through you.
Hallelujah. Know this, that a miracle happens instantaneously and Jesus can and does still perform miracles. But a healing takes time and it's a gradual process, amen. And God is going to take you through a time of healing. But we must trust him in this time, amen. We need to trust him in our healing and what he's doing in our lives. And perhaps maybe God wants to elevate our faith. He wants to take us to a better place in him. Because the word says it's the trial of our faith. The trial of our faith, amen. When we're tried in the fire, we come out pure as gold. And God wants to do something mighty in our lives. And if you believe God has begun the healing in your life, I want you to lift up your hands and lift up your voice. And I want us to claim right now that Jesus is doing a work to do a purification in my life, a healing work in my life. And I'm going to believe it. Would you join me in believing God for the healing in our lives? Jesus. Lift up your voice, Jesus. I trust you for the healing that you're working and starting in my life. Lord, that you would perform the good work that you know how to do. And Lord, let this be, let this be a purification of my life. Let this be, Lord, where my faith would grow in you. Lord, let myself be founded on your word the word, Lord, that you've given to me, and let me claim my healing in the name of Jesus. Would you say right now, in the name of Jesus, would you claim your healing in the name of Jesus? Someone shout the name of Jesus. Why don't you praise the name of Jesus? Why don't you glorify the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. It comes in your name, Lord. Oh, mighty Jesus. I'm believing you for it, God. I'm believing you for it, Jesus. And like we said in the weeks previous, that there is going to be people that are going to come up and you're going you're to come every Sunday and you're going to hear a good report. A report of God healing someone's life supernaturally. A report of God restoring someone's problem supernaturally amen and if God does something for you don't be shy about what what he's done because the Bible says we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies and God wants to give you a testimony to testify of his goodness amen and like what pastor said today he said it so eloquently he said it so right on amen Jesus has started a good work. And why don't you just let him have his way? Let Jesus continue the good work in your life. Amen. Amen. As, as we do become dismissed today, if you are a guest or returning guest, pastor would like to meet you in the pastor's reception and you can meet him at this time. But I want us before you leave and head on your way, I want you to go to someone or someones, and why don't you say your healing is on the way? Why don't you believe with them, amen? There's something powerful when we join together 
and we believe with one another. God bless you, Life Church. They're gonna put on a, a timer, and if you're part of this, uh, the teardown team, the setup team, we're gonna tear this down in a few minutes, amen. And if you wanna lend a hand, you can. But God bless you, we love you, and we'll see you at your home group.